This episode contains the discussion and description of the murder of a child. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, I'm Cheyenne. I'm Ash. And this is The Voiceless. picture on your wall that's uh-huh. the day you and akash met is that what it is 
Um, that's the day he proposed to me Ooh. the first time. Because he proposed to me like three times. Aww. <laughs> well, the first time, yeah, it was like um, four four months after we met while we were in India for his sister's wedding. Aww. And then the next time was when we were in Toronto. It was November. He took me to um, this nice, like, really fancy Italian place. Mm-hmm. And he proposed because, like, the couple months in between that we were having like a really really rough patch mm-hmm. where we were like kind of like I don't know if we're gonna make it oh yeah and so he like wanted to redo it Aww. to like bring the magic back I keep smacking my mouth <laughs> and then uh, the third time was like our ring ceremony back in India which I guess wasn't technically a proposal but like I got another ring that time <laughs> well like in One of the ways I see things is, like, I know usually, like, when people break up and then get back together, sometimes it's, like, hella toxic, which it was in my case, like, back when I was 18 and, like, breaking up on and off and stuff. Oh, yeah. But, like, I've seen it happen with a lot of couples where they, like, they break up early on and then later on they're, like, solid and stuff. And, like, I think that's... I used to kind of judge it because I'm like, well, you guys broke up. But also, like, sometimes people just aren't in the right space, like, emotionally or mentally, and then mm-hmm. they just need a break, and, like, that's not bad. Yeah. Um, And I was going somewhere with this, <laughs> I know, and, like, I lost my train of thought. But, oh, this is what I wanted to say. Um... The way I've always seen and why I think uh, why I understand why I casually proposed to you three times is because every time you get back together with someone, even though it's like the same person, it's a different relationship. Mm-hmm. So like that makes sense. Like you can't split up and then like go back to the way things were. Like it's a it's a it's a new relationship. Like yeah, like you this is your second relationship or third whatever with the same person, but like it's different. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, in all fairness, we never actually broke up because we were living together. Oh, of course. Like, not that I thought Uber had broken up, but, like... (laughs) No, no, I'm just, like... I had just gone off on my own little break. Fuck, I'm so sweaty right now. Oh, it's the wine. That's what it is. It's to the best of us. (laughs) I might actually have to change my pants. Why are you so sweaty? I was watching Cops. (laughs) Cops isn't on till four. (laughs) (laughs) That's bullshit, Brennan, because I know for a fact that Cops isn't on until four. (laughs) Uh, yeah I don't know I lucked out with him he's he's a good one I know I love my husband too he's pretty cool I uh was listening to this new podcast um that's called like our love story or something Mm -hmm. and I only listened to it like it popped up in my Spotify recommendations because Ash and Elena had their own like with their oh, respective yeah, partners, I, like I, had their own, and it was wanna, so cute. I want to listen to that. I and I'm like, I want to be on this podcast. I want to share my love story. Someone buy the rights to my love story. <laughs> <laughs> it could be made into a movie, but not Bollywood because they suck recently. So yeah, they're having some issues over there. <sighs> yeah. When I get my nails Sounds done. Sounds like Drake for this time. Oh, I can hear him. I was like, I hear his little feet stomping around. Their little feet are just the cutest. Uh, like, but they honestly, make so much noise I for know. like their size. I feel so like 
I feel silly sometimes because I'm just like, I fucking love baby feet. They're just the cutest things in the world. Like Benji's feet are so cute because like when he goes on his tippy toes, his little pinky like sticks out and stuff and I'm just like, oh, they're so cute. I don't know why, but like sometimes yeah. you just- I like, have a, a footprint of Drake's when he was really young. <laughs> just like on the back of a piece of like cardboard from like a cereal box or Aww. something because I'm like, I had nothing to put it on, but I wanted to get it. But yeah, like because I was doing something for my parents, and I was like, I need one too. <laughs> well, and I was, what was it? I was looking because I constantly look at like baby stuff all the time. That's just the pastime of mine. Um, I like those like first year or like those pregnancy journals, and I really, really, really want to like commit to writing in a journal every day when I am pregnant because I just think that would be like a really neat gift to give your child one day where you're like happy 18th birthday you're an adult this is what it was like or you know you know when they get older day 60 I literally have throw up all over me (laughs) (laughs) today you spat in my mouth and I tried not to throw up on you. Yeah, it's so nasty. Like, when they cough in your mouth, like, directly into your mouth, you're like, the timing was impeccable, and I feel like you planned this. I will say, we lucked out. Like, a cash got peed on once. I have never been peed on. My mother-in-law. God bless that woman. Yes. Um, Drake once threw up on her face. Oh no. And like just in time she managed to close her mouth. Mm. But I was like, sorry. And I was oh, standing there and I was like, oh, no. Well, there have been times where there was one time Ryan was playing with Benji and then it was right when he turned him to give him to me that Benji like threw up and it like, it didn't even get on my shirt. It went into my cleavage oh. and like down my boobs. I used to get and, that all the time. I'm like, it's like a I Jedi baby. Like, vomit. Like, it's always like projectile. It's never like just like dripping out. It's always like exorcist. Yeah. Like, it's always just like, how are babies able to do this? And same with, um, well, there was one time I wanted to say, I can't remember what it is now. Coming in 2022, the pregnancy podcast by Oh my Shana gosh. Nash. Yeah, that would be awesome. No wine will be involved in this podcast. <laughs> oh, there was one time I like I leaned over my sister and I was like, "You smell really good," and she was like, "Thanks." I just got puked on. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, "Oh, I can't smell the milk." Yeah, cats sniffing your toes. Yeah, if sometimes he licks them. I'm like, they definitely taste like sweat. So I don't know why you're doing this like, to could me. Could you not, please? And also. Being a person with super ticklish feet, I'm like, can you fuck off, please? Like, I'm going to kick you in the face. I always have to <clears throat> focus really hard when I'm getting a pedicure. Oh, me too. Because, like, when they scrape the bottom of your feet and you're just like, ah. Oh, well, that's like the other day. Again, bless my mother-in-law. Hey, stop that. <laughs> she uh, gave me, like, a 30-minute facial the other day and then... Oh. It, like, I almost fell asleep. Like, it was the most relaxed I've been in such a long time. I really Leo? What are you doing? <laughs> and then the after that, I was like, oh, thank you. Like, and that was awesome. And then she's like, oh, I'm going to give you a pedicure now. I was like, <gasps> you like, day mate. Like, you're an angel. 
but yeah, she was like scraping my feet and I'm like focusing so hard. I'm like, don't kick her in the face. <laughs> oh, I always worry. Um, the sugar freak Jordan, uh, I'll be sharing her profile, I think on her Instagram page just cause she's her merch is cute too. It is. I, uh, I have an appointment with her on Monday and I had ordered underwear and sweatpants from her like way back in December and I just hadn't cute. been able to like go in cause she, I think she lives outside the city. Mm-hmm. So she only comes in like once a week or something because of her like schedule. I just hadn't been able to go pick them up. Yeah. But I'll definitely, uh, go do that this weekend. I'm so excited. Yay. But yeah. And his tail is wagging. Is this too bad? This cat shed like nobody's business. I know I'm gonna be covered, and of course I'm wearing black today. <laughs> well, like I wash our bedding like every couple days because they sleep on it. It's just covered oh in God. hair. I'm like, and I like because I like still have to take Claritin because of these cats. Because <clears throat> after like having Drake, like I develop, or when I was pregnant with Drake, I developed like allergies to cats. I feel like pregnancy okay pregnancy fucks with you people think pregnancy just physically fucks with you but like at the same time like i've heard of women's hair changing like their thickness or the style mine's like like, so thin now well one of my well my aunt she said her hair got thinner after she had her kids and then my um (laughs) you know you're cute and my um I don't know if my sister had any issues with her hair, but I used to work with a woman who had really curly hair, and she said it only got that curly after she had her daughter. Like, my hair when I was pregnant was super thick, like, to the point where I was thinking about, like, doing the undercut, Mm. which I'm glad I didn't. But, like, yeah, now my hair, like, is so thin, and it just keeps falling out, and I'm like... Well, and also you were heavily pregnant during the summer yeah that and summer. that was like the one year that we had like 30 degrees in like may mm, yeah and i'm like okay that. so this is the hottest summer on fucking earth and, <laughs> and I was, i'm heavily pregnant kill me now i remember like, one day our office like the heat was just wait like it the ac broke and so we were all like dying yeah we were all dying pretty much and then i of course that day had worn like leggings and a long sleeve shirt and so I was like I just felt so bad because it was nasty oh I know I was in such a bad mood that day because they wouldn't let me go home (laughs) and I wasn't wearing flip-flops either and my feet wouldn't fit into anything else I know that was really that was a sad time I mean I can't complain too much it's a good company I'm not gonna say where we work because no that's just asking for trouble with what? my potty mouth, so I'm just looking at nail designs too, like half the time here. And oh yeah, I gotta figure out my nail designs. Cool. I got uh, two weeks going on. I really want. Um, I saw these like black chrome nails that I really liked, mm. but I also really enjoy gold foil. Yeah. See, and I'm like, I'm trying to decide like the length that I want because like short would be practical for working out mm-hmm. and working but you gotta make but, them longer so you can pick your nose 
The pinky one's the best. The pinky <laughs> one, yeah. The coke nail is also yeah. like your booger picking nail. Um, but yeah, like just having them long just makes me feel like so, I don't know, bougie. But then it's like you gotta learn how to like do things all over again. Although we have a bidet down here now, so like one problem would be solved. <laughs> That's like whenever I see Cardi B's nails, I'm like, how do you wipe your ass with those without like scratching your insides? Because they're always like four inches long and super fucking pointy at the top. Like, I don't know how you function with these. Oh, oh, sorry. I'm like distracted. I just got a a text from one of my sister, sisters in law. Um, And apparently one of my nieces has something for me. Oh, that's so cute. Why does this five-year-old have something for me? But oh, speaking of. I will treasure that forever. I have something else, but I'm not picking it up till tomorrow. And since we're not recording on Valentine's Day. What is it? What are you picking up? Oh, wait. That's just something what? I got yesterday. <laughs> I thought it was funny. It's a, it is a card. Valentine's Day. Oh, shit. I ripped it. Sorry. I ripped the envelope, not the card. <gasps> cute you're my best bud (laughs) well because i was at the joint getting um our stuff yesterday and they're like because it was a valentine's day deal that they had going on and they're like oh there's three different cards you can pick from and then there was another one that had a lighter that was like you light me up or something i love that like that's adorable that's so cute i'm just gonna He's like, it shoots potatoes at 28 miles per hour or whatever. And he's like, could you imagine if I was deranged? <laughs> like, pretty sure you are deranged. Yeah. I feel like one of these days we could just, like, release a whole episode of us just, like, talking random shit. 100%. Which, um, bloopers are coming out either today or tomorrow. I would love to do them today. Someone made a... I sculpture. I think I texted. I no, I didn't text you. I tagged you in a post on Instagram with my Valentine's Day card. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I try. Why the fuck do I have music playing? Who is this? Can you send a direct message to Vosi Jewelry? They would like to organize a collaboration with you. Who is this? I don't know, some random message in my inbox. The amount of these that I get, I'm like... I don't know, like, how many of these are legit, actually? Like, I feel as though if people wanted to collaborate, they can just... Reach out to you directly. Or, like, email us. Yeah. Because again, like if you voiceless podcast at gmail.com for all business inquiries, reviews, comments, and case suggestions. 
It's the first time I've been able to get that out without being like, uh. Good job. You know, we're, we are so sorry for, like, I noticed I say, like, so yeah, a lot. And in the Lululemon one, I said, um, like 6,000 times. So if you have a problem with it, just uh, start doing shots to it and then you won't even notice. <laughs> but actually, don't do that because you might be dead by the end of the episode. Yeah. You can make a game out of it, listen to the podcast, and do shots for every. Every time we say something ridiculous. Did <laughs> you see when Eric sent us a snack? No. <laughs> was, he was walking. Oh, okay, calm down. He was walking past a reflexology place and he goes, not covered. <laughs> oh my god, Kate, I saw that, but I didn't uh, hear it. Can I replay it? No, I can't replay it. He said, not covered. That's fucking hilarious. Here, I think I can. We should probably not put that one in there. The whole not cover thing. I don't want people to. It says hold to replay, but then when I click it, it just does it. Oh, replay. Because I'm dumb. Not covered. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, yeah, that might uh, give that away, I guess. Where we Not specifically the company, but like the type of company we work for. Okay, oh, my at, kitty has sunglasses. Look at Nicolas Cage's pink jacket. He's like, On Wednesdays we wear pink. It's like, yo, I didn't know Nicolas Cage was doing all this. Honestly, it makes me respect him. That's fuck you, money. <laughs> look at the bat. Oh my god. Is like a Superman, a poodle, and some wings? I will say, and I might get hate for this, I'm not a big Nick Cage fan. Like, his acting... No, but, like, his fucking fan. style is ridiculous. Yeah. I just find him very, like, monotone. Kano. Although I felt the same about Keanu Reeves until I saw him in Always Be My Maybe, and then I was like, okay, I like you now. I mean, like, I liked him as a person. Oh my god, I but... love this. I... Sorry. No, 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 no. I'm say... done. Okay. I'm talking into a wine glass now. That's I gonna think... sound great. <laughs> I think Ryan's just starting to get annoyed with me now when I interrupt him, because we do it way too much. But oh, I do the same thing to a fashion. I feel like an absolute asshole. I know. I still feel bad too. It's just sometimes I'm like super hyped to tell him something and then I'm just like, <laughs> well, and then it's like, if I don't say it now, I'm going to forget. And then I'm going to be bummed that I forgot. I like this. Um, I started, I started, is it? Holy shit. I started following this Facebook group called How Is That Racist? A White Bread Proverb. And um, so this one post was like so frustrated. I think from now on when I hear I'm blacker than you so I can say the N-word, I'm just going to respond with Eminem is blacker than both of us and doesn't say it. That's true. (laughs) I mean, I don't think I've ever heard him. Which makes sense, because, like, why would he? And, like, no, I don't no, think I'm, like, I don't know too much about Eminem. He swears so much that, but I don't think he's ever said it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I fucking love Eminem. That's hilarious. Um, I know some people hate him, I fucking love him. I like your fake fireplace. Thanks. It's also extra fake now because the motor in it stopped working for the heat, so, you know. That's stupid. Uh, we got it on Facebook Marketplace, like brand new. Somebody was moving out. We got it like over a year ago when we were like, "Oh, we're gonna do the basement ourselves," and then it's just been sitting in our basement for fucking forever until we finally got it finished a couple weeks ago. This wine is like 
I'm gonna be really fucking drunk by the end. What kind of wine is it? It's a barefoot Moscato out of a box. It's a cheesecake. It's a very fruity wine. It's like a sweeter one. I might enjoy that actually. I keep smacking my mouth, so I apologize. I do that too when I'm doing a case, and like part of me, I usually don't like mouth noises, but part of me, like, I I don't wanna say I enjoy that noise, (laughs) but like that one doesn't bug me. I'm also getting more used to like my my voice when I listen to our episodes when they go out. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I don't hate the way I sound as much anymore. That's cool. I was listening to us to uh I was listening to um what was it? Uh I was listening I listened to our Lululemon and our Brandon and Tina episode and I really enjoyed I I I had the same thing. I was like, hey, I don't hate the way my voice sounds. Sometimes I feel like I sound a little more monotonous, and that's like mostly when I'm tired. I just start talking lower. And I'm just like, yeah. I've just yeah. always felt like I have like a deeper voice. I don't want to say a manly voice, but like just like a deeper voice. But that's just like what I hear. The cash is always like, no, like you sound fine. Like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, I don't know. To me, I sound like a dude. Like, I still remember, like, one of the first weeks of us knowing each other, because we worked at um, Walkbox St. Mary's. Oh, you and a couch? Together, yes. Yeah. And, like, I had, back in the day when you would still go to work sick, I, <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. I had, like, the worst, like, I don't even know what it was, but, like, my voice was just completely mm-hmm. fucked. Like, I could barely talk. Yeah. And... He was still super shy, and so he was getting me to, like, call out the orders for people. I'm like, you fucking asshole. I can barely talk, and oh my here God. I'm, number 62. <laughs> and, I'm like, and I'm like, this is, like, our third week of knowing each other. I'm trying to impress you, and I sound like Kermit the fucking frog. Like, I'm trying to impress you, bitch, please. <laughs> it was so bad. Like, why do you do this to me? And then even now, sometimes I get, like, embarrassed with, about certain things around him. And he's like, why? A, we've been together so long at this point, like, going on eight years. And B, like, there are definitely... he's like, we're married. Like, I'm. that's it. It's over. <laughs> like, I'm not going anywhere. There are still some times, though, where I think, like, like, Ryan is so sweet like we are like we have a very open and honest like relationship and we're very communicative with each other and like it's ridiculous sometimes like how in detail he goes with like when he tells me things and I'm just like you are allowed to keep some things (laughs) private you know that right (laughs) like not that it's a bad thing like I think it's great that my husband is so open with me but I'm like I'm not like, I'm not really a jealous, like, person. Like, I do experience jealousy. But at the same time, I'm like, I know how to deal with it. That's yeah. not my husband's fault. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. There's still some things that, like, I'm uncomfortable doing with a cat. Like, if I, let's say, need to go to the bathroom and he's in here, I'd be like, can you turn the TV on, please? <laughs> Or, like, I'll go to a different floor. And oh he's like, God. why are you so... Un-? I'm like, I don't know. It's just like... Yeah. But Drake is the same way. If he has to poop, like, mm-hmm. he will go into a corner somewhere. 
and do it and then come back and let us know. Oh yeah, that's he's what, very like, shy about it. I'm like, well, like sometimes I see Benji kind of like pacing and just the way he looks. I'm like, oh, <laughs> you probably just want to be alone by now. And then yeah, he'll come into the living room and then I'll hear Ryan go, "You smell like shit, buddy." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Drake will usually come up to me and be like, Mommy, poopy. I'm like, like, okay. I know my niece, when she would, when she was still in diapers, one of my nieces, Eliza, she would come up to me and she'd be like, Shiny. And then she'd slap her butt and she'd be like, <laughs> Ah, poop. And it was so cute. That's adorable. Oh, Drake has started singing like nursery rhymes now. Every time I try to get it on video, he stops. I'm like, I hate it when those kids like, do Like, you're that. just like your mother. You don't like to be on camera. I love that. I hate when those kids do that. It's like, you mean make choices. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they're so sweet, though. Um, yeah, do you want a glass? Sure, mm-hmm. please. Okay. Please. I'm gonna stop. into it yeah are you good with the lights on you want them off um yeah i'm good with the lights on we're good i was gonna make a sex joke but no. that's hilarious <laughs> i love it well there was oh what was it you were i don't know you said something when you were in the car and then i was gonna say like that's what she said mm. which i mean i feel like that's a lot of what we say Oh, fuck. Every time I can in the snap group, I'll be like, that's what she said. I'll send a Michael Scott gif and like... <laughs> Anytime I want, I say roasted, I always say it like, boom, roasted! <laughs> Fucking Michael. And then he couldn't handle being roasted, and then like, they all had to like, make him feel better. Meanwhile, he's just like a total tool. <sighs> oh. I love The Office, but like, I like in that. all fairness, I love Parks and Rec too. I, I started watching it again because it's on Netflix now. I love the um, episode where Michael got a cold sore and so he was calling everybody saying that he had herpes. <laughs> but it was, yeah, like, I mean, he had herpes, but it was just a cold sore. Or like when he called The Office and he was like, I need someone to come pick me up. I grilled my foot. <laughs> In the George Foreman grill. <laughs> I love. And then Dwight ended up with a concussion because he ran into a pole. Oh my going god! To get Dwight is ridiculous. I love when there is that episode where they thought he was being discriminated against, and it was because he went to the mall, like the jewelry store, covered in like beet juice, oh. and so people just thought he was like covered in blood and stuff. Oh my goodness. I need to watch more of that. And I think, like you said, Parks and Rec is back on Netflix. So yeah. I want to Like, we watched watch it that. all on Prime. But I'm like, ooh, now it's on Netflix. I'm going to start it from the beginning. What was Andy's band's name? What, what Were they, like, Five Skin? Mouse Rat. And Mouse Rat. Oh, yeah, they were Five Skin, and then they were Four Skin, and then <laughs> Just the Tip. <laughs> Which reminds me, I've been listening to Crime Junkie, like, from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And they always have, like, the Crime Stoppers thing. I don't know about, like, now, but, like, mm-hmm. in the beginning. Oh, yeah. And the one the clip is, like, girl. the one clip, the girl's like, so you're telling me Crime Stoppers wants just the tip? <laughs> <laughs> like, you're my new favorite person. 
That's hilarious. And so, yeah, they do. I need to look more into Crime Stoppers because I actually learned quite a bit about Crime Stoppers from Crime Junkie. Like, I didn't know that they weren't well well yeah that and also (laughs) like you can make anonymous tips and stay 100% anonymous and also like they arrange you to have cash rewards when that kind of thing is Mm -hmm. you know eligible we should look into that over here we really should and we need to we have a crime stopper I'm pretty sure we do I mean we should (laughs) with this city I'm pretty sure we do um your kid's screaming. Yeah, he's, yeah. <laughs> he's if you fun. hear screaming in this episode, it's just my kid being insane upstairs. He's totally okay. He's he's just having fun. It's like one of those. Yeah, he's in the phase of just like screaming over everything. Well, what was it? I was listening to Morbid recently, and Elena was talking about how her older kids taught the younger kid how to scream. So I'm like, oh, that's a fun age. Oh yeah. Like when babies learn. Like, and they test out their lungs. It's just, can you not, please? Oh, every day I'm, like, Googling, when does this phase end? Because this is, like, two months, and I'm over it. I experiment when I'm not in a mood where I don't want to hear this constant, like, high-pitched yelling. Yeah. Which... I mean, find your voice, but, like, do it at a lower octave. (laughs) (laughs) Let's use our indoor voice. Well, that's what they said. They're like, oh, when your kid shrieks, like, just be like, use your indoor voice. I'm like, he's two and a half. He doesn't know what the fuck an indoor voice is. Well, that's just, like, why Benji, like, I know some people, like, discipline their kids super early, which he really shouldn't. Your kid really has no concept of anything until they're, like, three or four or something. Mm -hmm. So there's no point in punishing a kid. Yeah. But yeah, um, so I actually didn't even think of this. This is like, oh, my bus ride over here. I think your cats are fighting. Uh, (laughs) Um, so yeah, to start off, I just wanted to say that today's episode is a pretty heavy one, and um, I ask that everyone listening just do their best not to judge. A lot of the people we're going to mention in this episode, or that I'm going to mention, have dealt with substance and alcohol addictions. And while we do not, like, Ash and I do not condone violent actions um, as a result of these addictions, we do sympathize with those who are affected and succumb to the generational trauma left behind by the residential school system, as well as the gaps in the Canadian child welfare system. So I just wanted to... That'll all be touched on in our March yeah. episodes when and we cover the residential schools, and I'm sure it'll branch into the child welfare system and 100%. All that. Well, there's, I mean, I know it's not even just a Canadian thing, but I think even in the States, they have. I was listening to Crime Junkie's newest episode, I, not newest, sorry, it was like two weeks ago, I think, um, Jalik Rainwalker. Mm-hmm. Like he was a foster kid, and it just seemed like he fell through the through the cracks and everything. It's just it's really shitty when that happens. I know that like we know that there are some <clears throat> excuse me like caseworkers and people involved in social work that do want to help and do love helping, but there are also a lot of bad people in the system and yeah. like there's a lot of corruption in the government like it was found out i i think it was two years ago about how just the manitoba government was siphoning um 
child, like a portion of the child tax care benefits that were supposed to be given to children in foster care. So mm-hmm. they were taking like 20 or 40 percent or something, which Jesus Christ, I didn't hear about this, which like, yeah, which coupled with the statistic that about eight or nine out of 10 kids in the foster care system are indigenous, like it just kind of further cements the idea that the child foster care system is you know like it's used for a lot of corruption and stealing money from the children in care so Mm -hmm. i don't know well and there's most definitely more children in care that should even be in care like Mm -hmm. Well, uh, we were, was that you who sent me the article just recently about a First Nations woman who had her child taken, mm-hmm. like, immediately, not immediately, but, like, shortly after, and there, honestly, should be more um, done to prevent a child being taken from its mom. Yeah. Well, especially when there was, like, no concrete evidence or anything that this child was going to be in danger. Like, they just, like... Took the and they just recently got rid of like that what was it birth watcher some bullshit mm-hmm. that they like immediately would like notify CFS and it's like why which is it's fucked up because like what grounds are you doing this and like yeah like what what testing are you doing for these people because like often it's just someone making a false report like my sister was hounded by CFS when my other sister's girlfriend like got mad at her and was like oh like like made a false report mm-hmm. like but they have to follow up on that yeah because like yeah um it actually turned out really well because like now Kayleen's actually in contact with a support worker who's like helping her with uh like gonna get her into like schooling and everything well so, that's, at least that had like a happy ending yeah like it it, it I mean but yeah like don't make they, false they saw, reports on people you don't well and they saw like She's a single mom, so one, her house is never going to be 100% clean. Um, and I am not a single mom, and I have a lot of help, and my house is never 100% clean. And, so like, like... and it's ridiculous, too, because, like, if you look at Jack-Jack, he is, like, the chunkiest baby, so clearly this kid's not being starved or neglected. And yeah. You can't even put that kid down. Like, there's just no no way um and it's it's really shitty because when there are people who legitimately don't have a reason to be investigated for any child endangerment or neglect issues that pulls away resources from another child who requires intervention in their home life yeah just like when people call an ambulance and then they refuse to go in the ambulance yeah it's it's or it's like they don't actually need the ambulance they just called it just to call in it's like there's probably somebody that needs this ambulance and you're mm-hmm. taking these resources away from other people who need it well and it's crazy too because like when i hear about people not being able to get an ambulance like because i've heard about that it's weird to me because i i don't know if it's just like the fire service but our fire department has the fastest response time in canada mm-hmm. it's like under five minutes which is pretty good, but also just I hope I never need to call nine one one for anything. Yeah. Same. Because I just I don't know, I don't like cops. <laughs> I don't want to ever have to deal with cops. I'll just get Ryan deal with them if I ever needed to. Like go on, white boy, go deal with the cops. 
Oh boy, I love you, husband. I don't think he listens to this. So I, like, I know Atash doesn't listen to this, but he's not into true crime. But I got him to watch the Richard Ramirez oh, thing. Nice. I want to try and get him to watch the Cecil Hotel with me. Oh, yeah, they weekend. did one with, like, Elisa Lam, right? Yeah. Was that the one on Elisa Lam? Yeah, it okay. came out on Tuesday. No, Thursday. Ooh. What the fuck was the 10th? Thursday? Today's the 12th? Yes. Today is the 12th. I swear, every time we record, I sound more and more dumb. But also, I've been drinking, so... Like. And also, like, it's just... These are unprecedented times. And so... <laughs> and so I it's can't just, wait till I never have to fucking hear this. Gonna, it's again. just gonna be very... Just feels weird. Like, me, my, like, myself, I, like, I sit down sometimes and I just think, like, why does it feel like it should be, like, Thursday or Friday? And that's what I don't get about like how something can feel a certain way yeah and you're just like it should be thursday why is it not why is it monday (laughs) (laughs) and like every time yeah every time monday rolls around you're just like oh i can't wait for friday yes you know rinse and repeat there's gonna be probably a lot of background noise in this episode my oh my goodness, <laughs> what does he have? Is you that know like those a little push things oh, yeah. that have the balls in it? Yeah. And like a cat put, um, like opened it and put one of those like flashing light oh. balls. So like he really loves it now. Oh yeah, he's just going fucking wild. Oh yeah. He like dropped his cheese balls on the carpet yesterday and then was like walking all over them. So they were just like disintegrating. And I'm like, Drake, mm. the fuck are you doing? <laughs> And I'm like, you need to clean that. I didn't actually swear at him, just to be clear. Um, Zeus, can you fuck off? He keeps hey, rubbing on our mics, and I'm like, I'm offering He's like, I'm imprinting. <laughs> I'm offering you pets. Okay. Um, <laughs> I can't remember what I was saying now. Thanks, mom brain. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, I have no idea. I like this one meme. Am I hitting a wall during this pandemic? Yes. Is it the millionth time I've hit a wall during this pandemic? Yes. But am I still waking up every day and feeling terrified this pandemic may end, may never end and I will die inside my home? Also, yes. I mean, accurate. I mean, I don't want to jinx it, but Manitoba seems to be doing all right right now. Free word of the day. Kona means snow. I haven't looked at our cases today, but I know the last couple of days were like under a hundred, so I mean good not great. <laughs> Sorry, I'm like oh, I am yawning. Hate yawning floral. Do you remember that? Yeah. I heard both at different times, so I'm like, I don't know. Oh, really? Because I think I was Laurel, and Ryan was Yanny, and we were both just kind of like, what? I remember writing a status about it. I was like, we are a Yanny 1, Laurel 1 household. What is that? Pizza. Oh! Oh! The caption, (laughs) hashtag not the pizza. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Hey, our positivity rate is only 4.8%, 81 new cases today. Um, What was I going to say? There was one time Ryan and I were walking down the street in Steinbeck. We were on our way to the gym, and there was a Little Caesars 
by the gym and we saw this guy biking with like two hot and ready pizzas on top of his handlebars and we were just like oh no and then he like lost kind of control of the bike and then both the pizzas fell and just the way he looked like he grabbed his head and was just like oh and i'm like oh my god <laughs> oh fuck we were at walmart the other day and these two guys walked past and immediately were like you guys are baked out of your <laughs> fucking mind. Oh, did they smell? Oh, it was so bad. After we left, I could still smell it in my nose. Oh my god. And gosh. they went like <laughs> me and a cash were like, let's watch where they go. And they went like straight for like the chip aisle. And a cash was like, some bad decisions bro are about to be made. I'm like, or good decisions, or depending good. on how you look at it. It's funny, I sent that video of uh, Zeus to my brother, and he's like, that cat looks like it has a PhD in philosophy and teaches <laughs> yoga on the weekends. <laughs> I love my brother. They're That's hilarious. so funny. Alright, I am... There's our full next blooper outtakes episode. <laughs> the last hour that we recorded and got to... Nothing related to today's episode. I mean, we started talking about it and then we derailed because uh, we haven't seen each other all week. So yeah. That's true. Well, this just has felt like a really long, drag-ass week. Okie dokie. So today's case, I'm going to be, well, this episode, I'm going to be talking about Tina Fontaine. Um, I highly doubt anyone who lives outside of manitoba potentially has heard about her um yeah. i'm not sure if she's canada, well known. But yeah i'm not sure if she's well known across canada i just know that her name is well known um in, within winnipeg yeah and we're gonna we're gonna see why um so tina michelle fontaine was born on january 1st 1999 in winnipeg manitoba to parents Valentina, who went by Tina, duck of the Bloodvane First Nation, and Eugene Fontaine of the Seguin First Nation in Fort Alexander, Manitoba. However, for more than a decade, Tina lived with her great aunt and uncle Thelma and Joseph Fable, first on the Seguin First Nation and later in Powerview, Pine Falls, Manitoba. So I'm going to do a little bit of a background on her parents. Her mother... Uh, who also went by Tina, I believe, because her name is Valentina, so Tina for short. Um, so starting at the age of six, Tina's mother was removed from and returned to her mother several times by Manitoba Child and Family Services. Um, so right away, there's... I, I don't want I, I to automatically say abandonment, but there's also, like, she's six years old constantly being moved between foster homes and her mom's home like that's a lot of chaos like that's a lot of chaos that's a lot of trauma and the developmental years of like those are the most fundamental years of like learning and like yeah like emotionally and mentally like you are responsible for like parents don't realize um and i didn't even realize until i actually like started going to therapy just how important parents being involved and helping build their children's confidence and self-esteem like just how important a role it plays in the person your child becomes yeah so like people should not be having children if you're not prepared to put in the work it takes to make sure your child is emotionally stable and 
healthy. Yeah. Uh, So Tina's mother experienced a number of significant traumas as a young child, which the Manitoba Advocate for Children and Youth said in a 2019 report were not appropriately addressed. And at the age of 10, Tina's mother was taken from her family permanently. And it was after that that she was removed repeatedly and began to be sexually exploited by adults and started to use alcohol and drugs. Uh, the Manitoba Advocate for Children and Youth says very little was done to intervene and protect her. So right away, you have this child who is, and this is Tina's mom that this is happening to. Um, so right away, like you you have this child who's being moved from foster home to foster home and then is being sexually exploited by adults. It doesn't go into detail about what that is exactly. Mm-hmm. And which either way, like children should not be experiencing any kind of sexual contact or activity with adults. Yeah. And the fact that she was being exploited, like, as young as 10 is incredibly disturbing oh and super disgusting and um i do believe that she uh tina's mom i'll double check my notes later i do believe she did eventually have some substance abuse um problems or alcohol addictions uh i'll Mm -hmm. cement that later uh, which, I'll confirm like, that later. Which, I want to be like, I don't blame her. No, you like, and that's kind of, that's an issue we see a lot with a lot of indigenous peoples too, especially those who come from First Nations reserves is how alcohol and drug abuse is common, not because it's like anything that, um, not because that's something that like is inherently like they're not inherently addicts or anything when they're born it's like they go through all this trauma much of which uh, you'll learn is like generational when we do our residential school episodes but like it's it's very much like self-medication and the perpetuating of a lifestyle that these children see when they grow up right Mm. so it's it's a very complicated history, and it's just... Can you be quiet? It's incredibly sad. And part of what I want to do with the podcast is kind of... Like, I can't fix it, we can't fix it, but, yeah. like, we can raise awareness and see, like, what we can do. I mean, we're both, like, almost 30, so I don't know what I'm going to do with the rest of my life, but I hope it involves, like, changing... Yeah. At least our city? I yeah. Don't know. Like, I've always wanted to help, like, families of um, people that are, have, like, substance abuse issues mm-hmm. or, like, addictions because, like, my biological father wasn't in my life because he was, like, a drug addict. Mm-hmm. And, like, my mom kicked him out when I was very young. Oh, yeah. Because mm-hmm. she didn't want me growing up with that around. Mm-hmm. And that's also why, like, I watch myself with the things that I do consume because I know addiction runs in my family. Oh, and And I have a very addictive personality. I, I'm the same, like both my, like we'll learn, I can go into it a little bit later in our residential school episodes, but like my grandma, my maternal grandma 
is a residential school survivor. And my mother, um, like my grandma still suffers from her traumas and my mother also does. Um, Understandably. So I've witnessed a lot of mental health, like mental breakdowns and everything as a result of all of these. So like kind of growing up, like that was my, that was my normal, mm-hmm. um, which is also why I kind of have a lot more sympathy than most people do for addicts. Yeah. Because like, I know the stuff that has happened to some of these people where it's, you know, in, in some aspects, it's people being um, assaulted as children, or again, they're part of a family that, uh, is, that like their ancestors are residential school survivors. And we'll we'll talk about this at a later date, but how generational trauma affects the genetics. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Like thinking, like learning about that, and just thinking back on how I grew up and seeing my grandma and my mother just have all these like outbursts all the time. It was like, I, I want to understand because there are parts of them that I also like, uh, like I'm very similar. Mm -hmm. And so it helps me understand too. It's like, in addition to being born indigenous with the history of my grandma being in residential schools and then also knowing that my genetics could have been altered Mm -hmm. because of this yeah so it's just kind of strange and then it also kind of makes me wonder like what does that mean for my children Mm -hmm. like are they going to be affected by this too and I know like Ryan and I talk all the time about how we we want to like I want to be super involved and open and honest about different like mental health issues and like addictions and whatnot and just so that like our our children know growing up and so they can like identify the way they feel or like Mm -hmm. just changes and stuff because I feel like we just don't talk enough about anything yeah like our generation and the generation before was very like don't ask don't tell Mm -hmm. kind of thing and like and it seems like that's changing but it's gonna take a lot of work to like Mm -hmm. and make that change i'm gonna get these and like dumbasses out of here and like suffering in silence too like the reason why the male suicide rate is so high is i also believe that there is like a societal reason is that correct? Like, is that the correct term? I think that, like, you know, we, we raise men to believe, like, sharing their feelings and oh, stuff yeah. is wrong. Um, so they, they hold it in. So, like, I think that definitely plays a part in why the male suicide rate is so high. My case after this one touches on that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Here we can. Exposed to all of the murder talk. Yeah. All right. So we talked about Tina's mom. So as for Tina's father, uh, her paternal grandfather was a residential school survivor, and his experience as a child led to years of severe alcoholism and violence. 
Um, at the age of 12, Tina's father, Eugene Fontaine, left his home in Seguin First Nations um, to move to Winnipeg, where he fended for himself on the streets. A 12-year-old. Yeah. Fending for himself on the streets, which, again, is not something that should be happening. Mm-hmm. In Winnipeg, this is where he developed an addiction to alcohol, which is a common occurrence, unfortunately. Uh, so Tina's mom was actually only 12 years old and also in foster care when she met Tina's father, who was 23 years old at the time, which that's very, very problematic. Um, CFS, so Child and Family Services, knew their relationship was sexual, and even so, nothing was done when Valentina would constantly run away to be with Eugene. Uh, In the spring of 1996, at the age of 14, Tina's mother gave birth to her first child, who was immediately and permanently taken from her by Child and Family Services. I don't have, I couldn't find a reason as to why. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's 14. Maybe they just took her because, maybe they just took the kid because she was a teenager. That's the only reason I can think of. Uh, Which, that's wrong. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, that's the reason I can think of, but I'm not saying that's a a right reason. Yeah, like, we don't, we don't know why. But, like, that's the only reason I could think of that Mm -hmm. they would have. But even still, like, no. (laughs) When she was a year old, Tina was removed from her family's care for the first time by Child and Family Services. It, It doesn't ever, like... My sources never mention why specifically she was taken. I don't even know if that's something that can be a matter of public record. Yeah, it might be like sealed documents because yeah, uh, underage. Mm-hmm. Uh, it happened again when she was two, after which she was returned to the care of her father. When Tina was five years old, her father placed her and her younger sibling with her great aunt through a private guardianship arrangement. In 2011, um, Tina's father, again, there's my um, Tina's father, (laughs) Eugene, was beaten to death. Two assailants were later convicted of manslaughter for this incident. And uh, this incident in particular, like her father dying, had a profoundly traumatic impact on Tina, who was only 12 years old. Especially the way it happened, too. Yeah, and I also believe uh, shortly before her father had died... um, he had been diagnosed with cancer so she was already dealing with that and like even though we don't agree with the fact that her parents were like had this age gap and like 23 year old men dating 12 year olds is yeah i have a lot of pedophilia yeah we don't want to i don't want to disrespect tina's love for her father because It's a complicated thing to understand, but, like, the bond between a parent and child, like, there's a love there that exists even if your parent is a monster or a terrible person. Yeah. Um, Which is how I feel about my mom. (laughs) So that's how I know I can, like, I can talk about this from experience is, like, there's, my mom has done some terrible shit in her life and I don't ever feel the need to justify my love for her it's just like it's there I acknowledge it I don't understand it but it's a thing yeah so I'm not gonna disrespect uh, Tina Tina losing her father um so she was only 12 when her father was beaten to death and it was it was an incredibly 
terrible time for her. I mean, she's a child already. She's had these traumatic experiences being in and out of foster care, and then her father is murdered. She had lived with uh, her great aunt and uncle at the time, too, uh, Thelma and Joseph Favel. And according to Thelma, Tina loved school and did well there. She loved children and would play a lot with other kids. Mm-hmm. Um, quoted from her aunt, her aunt in one of the articles that I was looking, uh, she recalled that Eugene's violent death deeply affected Tina. Uh, she, she was quoted as saying, she was very hurt, very lost. That's when she drifted away. And so despite being eligible... Tina did not receive any grief counseling following her father's death, which... You definitely need that, like... She's already an at-risk child. Yeah. And to be unable to be given counseling after that is really, like, that... That's gonna have some serious repercussions on, like, anybody. I'm gonna say this right now. If she was white, she would have gotten all the help she wanted. Mm Mm-hmm. And, like, even... That's what's the fuck... Like, that's not the only fucked up part about it, but that's, like, one of the top ones that it's, like, if this... If she was white... If she... Probably none of this would have ever happened to her. Well, yeah, like, if she was white, like, she wouldn't have been born on a First Nations reserve. Her parents wouldn't have been, like, residential school survivors. Like, anything like that. Yeah. So... Um, In a 2019 report uh, regarding this, the Manitoba Advocate for Children and Youth notes that Child and Family Services was clearly aware that Tina was struggling in the period between her father's death and her own. And they did nothing about it? Yep. Lovely. Uh, Records from the time... Okay. So, record... (laughs) Did you just say Leo? Uh, So, records from... Around that time, document Tina being increasingly absent from school, missing assignments, and being suspended, uh, getting into verbal confrontations and physical fights, uh, which often resulted in police being called, uh, getting medical treatment for self-harm, and being reported missing three times. So that's in between the period of her father's death and her death, which was about three years so clearly, anyone witnessing this, they're just, I don't want to say it was her family that failed her because there's documentation, like it's been proven her family was trying to get her help yeah. and no one was listening. So it, I don't believe that there are, there's any fault on, on her aunt and uncle at all because mm-hmm. they tried. They they saw and they tried to get her help and nobody helped them. The system failed all of them. Yeah. Really. Like... Which is shitty because like, you know, kids can't ask for help so like they rely on adults to do it and then when, our, when there are adults and people who love them advocating for them and they're not even being heard, like what the fuck are you supposed to do? Exactly, yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, I'm just gonna start describing Tina kind of from the words that her great aunt uh, said this I know that uh, we didn't I haven't spoken about her death yet but I just wanted to describe her beforehand Um, so 
according to Thelma Favell, uh, any good word there is out there in this world that would describe Tina. To me, Tina was the perfect little girl. And which, you know, I feel like anyone like will say that their child is perfect. Oh, for sure. We, and I'm not arguing that she wasn't. Like, no one's perfect. But at the same time, like, I could totally, like, it just seems like, she they didn't just lose tina like right away they they lost her over a period of three years yeah because like yeah like she was she was slipping like Mm -hmm. they said and it was it was after she came to winnipeg in 2014 that kind of everything just started kind of going uh downhill and that's when Thelma said Tina changed into someone she didn't even really recognize anymore mm-hmm. and so by July 2014 at the age of 15 Tina was living in Winnipeg she was reported missing to Winnipeg police service on July 31st 2014 her aunt Lana later said that she had stayed with her during the August long weekend which that year was August 1st to 3rd and on August 5th Tina herself telephoned her CFS worker and was subsequently picked up by members of CFS and the Winnipeg Police Service. What happened uh, between August 5th and August 8th is unclear, uh, but she they say she remained a missing youth between that time. She presented at a youth shelter in the early morning hours of August 8th, but left shortly thereafter. At 5.15 a.m., this is really fucking stupid at 5 15 a.m on august 8th two police officers encountered her in a truck with an allegedly drunk driver as part of a traffic stop but did not take her into custody even though she was known to be missing and those two constables were later suspended for these actions and then they later left the police force well fuck those guys first of all well good they're not cops anymore yeah because that's fucking ridiculous because like she I'm not saying she would have been completely 100% safe because obviously she's going through these traumatic experiences and constantly going missing but it, if she was in like a car with an adult man who was drunk and she was 15 at the time I believe mm-hmm. so what what the fuck yeah like I I I don't especially cuz I'm assuming this person she was with was not related to her whatsoever. I don't believe so. No. So, like, it doesn't like, say who it was, but... They're just like, oh, you're in the car with some random drunk dude. You're underage. That's cool. No problem. See you later. And see, like, that's the thing. Like, Tina, I... It's obvious if I didn't have to... Like, I, I'm sorry I didn't spell it out. Tina's indigenous. So, what... This is how I feel about it, is, like, if they saw like an indigenous girl in a truck with someone um stereotypically older white male like they probably assumed she was a fucking sex worker yeah which no offense to sex workers but like it's it's common for young indigenous women and girls to and i've i've talked to ashley about this like because it's happened to me where you're just in your neighborhood walking to the store or walking home or, God forbid, getting exercise, and some random fucking person will just pull up to the side and be like, how much? Mm -hmm. And you're like, what? 
like first of all like walking to get donuts like move exactly and like don't don't randomly pull up to fucking someone especially like a teenager yeah and you know ask them how much it's gonna cost to like buy sex from them yeah especially like kids there's so many disgusting people in this world it's just like truly horrifying it's fucking nasty like there have been times that's happened to my sister and i'm just like thank god nothing bad happened to you yeah because like chances are like we may not have heard about it but chances are some people have been subjected to violence after an encounter like that oh for sure and like you can't legally carry like pepper spray or like anything to defend yourself in Canada which is stupid like which I still carry a knife come for me you don't know where I live I saw a lady on TikTok from BC because apparently BC is going fucking crazy right now with women being abducted oh my god yeah um but uh it was like this little thing it looks like a cat and it goes on a keychain but the ears are like super pointy and you can slip it into your knuckles and like oh that's cool i want that now i think it's on etsy i'll have to find the link she linked it in her video so i'll see and it's because that's technically a legal thing to have but like yeah if you are being assaulted and you like retaliate you can get charged for like injuring somebody but it's like it's self-defense like fucking come for me well see like that's the thing i've always wondered like you know as women and as podcast hosts of a true crime podcast like you kind of you're always thinking I I I don't want to say always but we kind of as women society raises us to always kind of have the mind of a potential victim yeah so we are constantly having to come up with ways to defend ourselves using things at our disposal like if I'm walking by myself hell even in like the middle of the day like I've been followed by some guy in my neighborhood Mm -hmm. and yeah like that's why I started carrying a knife because like while it may not be legal it's like and I don't ever want to use a fucking knife yeah but like how the fuck did you get back in here it's terrifying and I don't want my children growing up like that and Mm -hmm. we shouldn't I mean it's yeah like a cash offered me um when I was work not working from home and like working downtown mm-hmm. like he offered like a knife that he has just like mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say just laying around because we have a kid it's in the garage on a shelf up yeah. high but he was like do you want to carry this with you just in case and I did for a while but then I felt really uncomfortable carrying it because I'm like if somebody gets this like it can be used yeah. on me well that was also yeah that's what I think well and that's what I think too right and then I remember one time I was playing Pokemon Go back in the summer and there was a Pikachu that like showed up on my maps and it was like 11 o'clock at night and I'm like fuck I want that Pikachu and so I I ran to the Pokestop, like, where it was, but it was, like, 11 at night, and it was raining, and I had my knife, and then at one point, there was, like, a cop car, and, of course, I, like, went super, like, paranoid, because I'm, like, oh, shit, it's the cops, I got a knife, I'm not white, <laughs> and just, like, I mean, it's not something we should laugh at, but, like, no. just the absurdity of it um, is, like, and I don't want that to be taken as, you know, racist against white people which reverse reverse racism isn't a thing um come for us (laughs) i know we suck 
I mean, not me personally, but like <laughs> as a whole, I um, I wish we I wasn't some white. Issues we need to, we need, and like that reminds me. I gotta show you the TikTok video later. It's fucking yes, hilarious. please. <laughs> I just love that someone messaged me to tell me to censor the words "white trash" on Facebook. <laughs> Because I might get recorded or muted or something. I'm like, okay. I'm going to leave it. See what happens. Okay, horror trash. Oh, no. <laughs> um, so circling back to uh, the case here. At 10 a.m. on August 8th, so about five hours after she was seen in the truck of a drunk driver, she was found, uh, Tina was found passed out in an alleyway near Ellis Avenue and was escorted to a hospital and treated before being checked into a hotel placement, which she soon left, and she was reported missing again on the 9th of August. At around 1.30 p.m. on August 17th, a body was found wrapped in plastic and a duvet cover and weighed down with rocks in the Red River. The body was identified as that of Tina Fontaine the following day. Police believed she had died on or around August 10th. An autopsy was unable to conclusively determine a cause of death. And circling back to the fact that she was put into a hotel that she left, like, I didn't find anything. If I do a deeper dive, I could potentially find... I don't know if she was supervised when she got checked into the hotel because I feel like if she was put in a hotel which um CFS does often do they'll put foster children in hotel rooms like my grandma used to work with them yeah and she'd be one of the caretakers like that stayed in the hotel with the kids yeah so I'm assuming that someone should have been with her so I don't know why or how she was able to leave and then not be reported until the following day um, so Cash used to work. I won't say the hotel either. I mean, he doesn't work there anymore. It doesn't matter. He used to work at Canadens on uh, what the fuck is that street? Uh, fuck, not Ellis, the one right behind Polo Park. Um, Saint James? Not Saint James. Um, I know what you're, I know which one you're talking about. Saint Matthews, maybe. Yes, that's it. Okay, and um, a lot of um. I don't know the correct wording, but like CFS meetups or whatever would happen mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And uh, he would say that normally, like, the CFS workers would like drop the kid off with the parents and then leave. And then most of the time, the parents would leave the kids in the room and fuck off to go do whatever. There's... So I don't think supervision really happens all that much. No, and there was also one, like, and see, that's the thing, too. Like, there should be visits that are supervised as well because there's another one. It's fucking infuriating um, that I was told of a little boy who was visiting his parents and then, like, his parents took him to McDonald's and then they, like, took him into the bathroom. They just made him stand in the corner while they, like, had sex in the McDonald's bathroom. Like, that was... That's horrifying on multiple It's disgusting. Yeah. Like, and then the caretakers find out because the kid starts repeating the shit he heard. Like, like, what the fuck? Like, those are instances where, like, a child should not be with their parents 
Um, so there are definitely cases of that happening, but for the most part, like, I don't know, when it comes to a child, there should always be, like, some kind of supervision, especially, like, in cases like this. Like, it really doesn't seem like anybody cared all that much about Tina because she kept leaving. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, Tina was a 14-year-old child. Yeah. So... You, someone should have taken responsibility to find her like the the type of counseling like um again I'm not blaming her family for being the ones who are supposed to be responsible for everything because like your family can only do so much and they were trying to get her her help for her mental health issues so, like I'm gonna call it I'm not gonna say she suffered from anything in particular but like when it's and it has to do with like grief and stuff that is emotional and that is mental health yeah because like it's you know it's one thing to have your dad be diagnosed with cancer and you have to deal with that shit and then he gets murdered and yeah. you're like a 12 year old already dealing with Probably severe PTSD, like... At least, like and honestly like i wouldn't be surprised if the majority of kids in the system also have ptsd so she i wouldn't be so she was possibly already suffering from a whole bunch of like a plethora of things before mm -hmm. her father was killed and then she was just repeatedly denied help and access to counseling and just she, like people knew she kept fucking taking off and like people were still like just failing her yeah well and it's like i have never like been in a situation like running away from home but i can only imagine you only do that because of a specific reason or like there's a reasoning behind it and like somebody should have tried to talk to her and been like like what like what can we help you with like mm -hmm. what what can we do to like make you more comfortable or like help you out or like I don't know fucking something like and I know like, you and I have talked before about like all of the true crime episodes we listen to where children are reported missing and if as soon as police get wind of uh past runaway situations exactly. they automatically just assume it's like they blow it off and say oh they'll come back like uh -huh. chances are they'll come back and we really need to figure out a way to change that because yeah I understand that you can exhaust like 100% of your resources if you suspect the kid is a runaway, but you should be able to use some, if not all of the resources available with law enforcement and everything to go mm -hmm. looking for these missing children. Because even if they run away, it's like, hey, why did this kid run away? Yeah. And this was, this was a thing that constantly happened with Tina. So was there also something going on too with like her caseworkers and uh -huh. the people who were helping her there? Because it could have also been an issue she had with the agency. Oh, for sure. And it it's just, it's fucking wild. And the fact that we don't talk about that or like people just blow it off because it's like, we think CFS and like all these child welfare agencies are always 100% on top of their shit most are and there are really great social workers and like caseworkers so mm -hmm. we're never gonna like completely beat on the welfare system mm -hmm. 
it's just a fact that there are a lot of really shitty people within the system and the system itself is really shitty. Yeah. So, and like, we can't expect the good social workers and caseworkers to completely revamp everything. Like we need to start like actually electing people who give a shit about the children in foster care. Cause yeah. right now the liberal government doesn't really seem to. Liberal government doesn't give a shit about anybody. No. And as much <laughs> as like, yeah, we got weed legalized, but I mean, was it really just so that we would all chill the fuck out and not bring up all these issues that we really, <laughs> jeez. They're um... like, we gave you your weed, now calm down. <laughs> <laughs> calm the fuck down. Go smoke your devil's lettuce. <laughs> To stay updated on all our projects or to follow our journey even more closely, you can find us on Instagram at the Voiceless True Crime Podcast, on Twitter at Voiceless True. For any case suggestions, reviews, or comments, you can email us at voicelesspodcast at gmail.com. And to donate to our podcast and become a member of our Patreon, head on over to the link in our Instagram bio. Uh, patrons receive exclusive perks and bonus material. Stay safe, wash your hands, and lock your doors.